Charmony here. I just wanted to send a shout out to all my listeners, all my new listeners, and all the people who've been rocking with me since day one. Thank you so much for your ear. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, if you haven't already, please follow us on IG and Twitter at Catch These Vibes. That's C A T C H D E E S Vibes. And uh, yeah, send us some questions. Um, leave us some reviews on whatever platform that you're listening to us on. Um, it'll be greatly appreciated. I want to know how y'all feel about the podcast. If there's anything that uh, y'all would like me to talk about or hear from me personally about, let me know. All right. Love, peace, and hair grease. What's up, y'all? This is Charmonique, and you're listening to Catch These Vibes. This is episode 54. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate y'all. Salutations, evaluations, and congratulations. Okay, let's go ahead and get this episode started, shall we? <laughs> so, this is the beginning of February. Um, I honestly, February is starting off really good for me. I feel, I feel better. I feel like, you know what? I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to have an honest moment. I feel like like my birthday, and, and not the actual birthday, not the fact that it was my birthday, but just everything that it involves, the whole planning the party, inviting people, um, having the party, and making sure that, you know, worrying about people having fun, enjoying themselves, and you know, all that that goes with it, it was just, it's just a lot. I think it's just a lot for me. And I feel like it, it just had my anxiety through the roof. Like I was just, I'm just not good at, I don't know. I'm just not good at planning things. I'm not good at putting things together, like parties and stuff. Like I really wanted it to be special because it was my 30th party and it was also my, my brother's 21st. So I wanted to, I wanted to have fun and I wanted other people to have fun as well, but it really didn't go as planned. Like it really didn't. I was so unprepared and I don't know why, like, I, I really can't even tell you, I, but I just feel like it really was the anxiety of it all that just had me just like, I cannot wait for this to be over with. Like that's as it got closer to the, to the day of the party, I just was like, oh my goodness, I cannot wait for this shit to be over with. Um, so yeah, and I feel like now that that is over with, it's past, I could, you know, just breathe and relax again because man, it's a lot. It's a lot to plan stuff and make sure that everything is together. I think I probably would have, I probably would have benefited a lot from if somebody just took everything took control of everything, the planning, the putting it together and all that, I probably would have been better off with that, but that wasn't the situation. So, you know, it's, it's all good. I'm past it. You know, I made the best out of what, what it was. And yeah, anywho, I, I just wanted to point out that I just feel so like, like a lot of weight has just been 
just lifted off my shoulders, man. So I think that's what it is. And then, you know, February is just off to a good start. So I, I feel good about that. I feel really good about it. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that with y'all. Here we are in February already. Look at that. Um, so I really want to make this a very themed like month of episodes. Um, so this month, of course, we're going to focus on black history month and we also going to focus on, um, just love because Valentine's day is coming up and I honestly don't want to be negative about Valentine's day. I think it's funny The I've been, I've been sharing a couple of funny tweets like the, uh, using the 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 blind man emoji for when you walk past all the Valentine's Day decorations. No, but they be they be putting up them decorations fast. I'm like, dang, already? But yeah, so Valentine's Day is coming and we not gonna be we not gonna be uh negative Nancy's, okay? We not gonna be Debbie Downers. We're gonna be love let love be in the air you know because love is everywhere it doesn't have to be just from a significant other it could be from anyone it could be from any direction it could be from a stranger you know love is everywhere okay so let's just let's let's think of it like that that's what I'm gonna do if y'all want to join me cool you know we could do it together so so yeah I want to talk about um black history month um and um just love and romantic things so what we gonna do is uh we gonna so for this episode I definitely first want to start it off just um start off with some black history because I feel like it's that's just the way that we should just start it off like just boom out the gate like uh kicking the dough, uh, rubbing the faux faux, I don't know. But yeah, black history is what it is. And of course, we want to we wanna educate ourselves all the time. But this is the month that, you know, that was, uh, I was about to say assigned. Um, this was, this is the month that we all know as black history month. So um, it's, it has a special meaning to us all. And I want us to just make the best out of this month. You know, make sure that we are educating ourselves and others. Um, yeah, so let's do that. All right, y'all. So I'm going to read this article from CNN. So it starts by saying, February marks Black History Month, a federally recognized nationwide celebration that calls on all Americans to reflect on the significant roles that African Americans have played in shaping U.S. history. But how did this celebration come to be? And why does it happen in February? The man behind the holiday, Carter G. Woodson, considered a pioneer in the study of African American history, is given much of the credit for Black History Month. The son of former slaves, Wilson spent his childhood working in coal mines and quarries. He received his education during the four-month term that was customary for black schools at the time. 
at 19, having taught himself English fundamentals and arithmetic, Woodson entered high school, where he completed a four-year curriculum in two years. He went to earn his master's degree in history from the University of Chicago and later earned a doctorate from Harvard. How the holiday came about. Disturbed that history textbooks largely ignored America's black population, Woodson took on the challenge of writing black Americans into the nation's history. To do this, he established the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. He also founded the group's widely respected publication, the Journal of Negro History. In 1926, Woodson developed Negro History Week. He believed the achievements of the Negro properly set forth will crown him as a factor in early human progress and a maker of modern civilization. In 1976, Negro History Week expanded into Black History Month. Why he picked February. Woodson chose the second week of February for his celebration because it marks the birthdays of two men who greatly influenced the black American population. Frederick Douglass, who escaped slavery and became an abolitionist and civil rights leader. Though his birthday isn't known, he celebrated it on February 14th. President Abraham Lincoln, who signed the Emancipation Pro Proclamation, which abolished slavery in America's Confederate States. He was born on February 12th. For his work, Woodson has been called the father of black history. All right, so the proper, the proper pronunciation is abolitionist, not abolitionist. <laughs> what did I say? Yeah, I promise I'm correcting myself, man. Okay, abolitionist. So I thought that was pretty interesting to read about that um, because um, I think that was the first time. I probably heard it. You probably heard it before, but. Or maybe that was the first time hearing it. I think that was the first time I read that. I'm gonna be honest. Um, so it's good to you know know those know these little things of how things are started and created, um, just so that we could be informed. Um, so I'm just gonna list off some very important people, um, for us to know about and celebrate and during Black History Month and I guess all the time, shoot. So Carter G. Woodson, which is the, the man we just read about who started and created Black History Month. Okay, we have Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, Mary Siegel, May, May C. Jeminson, Ruby Bridges, um, W.E.B. Dubois, Dubois, I think that's how you pronounce it, Sojourner Truth, Jackie Robinson, Langston Hughes, Shirley Chisholm, Madam C.J. Walker, Ella Baker, Thurgood Marshall, Booker T. Washington, Coretta Scott King, and obviously Martin Luther King Jr., Jesse Owens, Bessie Coleman, Phyllis Wheatley, Garrett Morgan, Gwendolyn Brooks, um, Richard Allen, Daniel Hill Williams, Malcolm X, 
Um, I've watched One Night in Miami. Um, it's on Prime Prime Video. If you have not watched it yet, it's it's a must see. Um, so pretty much, it's just an a fictional account of one incredible night where icons Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown gathered discussing their civil rights movement or their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval in of the sixties. So it's like it's such a simple. It's just so simple, and I think that's the beauty in in it in the film. It's just very simple. It's just about a, a night of a, a group of men gathered together, and then just having a conversation, and and just you know, just we're just seeing their experience during during those times, um, or during the sixties. And I just feel like that's what's why it's so touching to me because these are very important people, a part of our history. I mean, Mal- Malcolm X, everything that he stood for and, and, and tried to do, all the sacrifices he made. And it just kind of like, even though it's fictional, um, of course, I feel like they made sure to draw some truth to it just so that, you know, it looks real and believable and it looks it looked good enough for it to for you us to believe or for someone to believe like wow if that's the way it really happened um because i know you know people people have access to information and so they're able to you know get information to create the scene to be as truthful as possible basically is what I'm trying to say but yeah so even though it was fictional it just was so believable and and it just made it just nice to kind of be able to have some type of idea of what that that type of night would have went a night of these four black men gathering together discussing their experiences um, it's just, I don't know, it was just really touching, and I, I just really enjoyed it, I watched it twice, I watched it by myself, and then my mom, she wanted to watch it, so I watched it with her, um, so that's how you know I really enjoyed it, so I definitely suggest watching it, it's just a beautiful film, the acting is beautiful, I love the way, I love the cast, um, I think it was perfectly cast. Uh, I really loved the the guy that played um, Muhammad Ali. I think he did great. I mean, they all did great. I hate to pinpoint certain people, but you know, you know, just when certain people just stick out to you. I really enjoyed the man that played Malcolm X. Um, his name is Kingsley Ben Adair. I'm pretty sure I'm not saying that right. Oh, that's what he's from. He's in, he was in High Fidelity. Okay. So that's why I I fucks with him. And I knew he looked familiar. So he was in High Fidelity with, um, with Zoe Kravitz. Um, it's a show on Hulu that I spoke, I talked about when it came out last year. Uh, but yeah. So he was in that. Let me see if he, anything else 
that I, he was in King Arthur with my boo, Charlie. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, so I, I really loved him as Malcolm X. I really love the man that played Muhammad Ali. His name is Eli Gorey. I think he did a wonderful job. He had the his the mannerisms down. He had his speech down. It was just I just it was just beautiful. I just loved it. I really really love it. And I would I would like to see more more movies like this. Like you know the way that they just hold on. Let me see something. Yeah, Regina King, my my girl, Regina King directed this. So, I really, I would like to see, like, how the, the process was for this. How she just created the storyline. If, if there's any, like, any facts to this, I guess I gotta, like, do some research. I'm sure I could find out. But it was just so perfectly put together that it just was, like, so believable, like, like it just leave you leave you feeling like like that's how the night actually went. Um, but like I said, I'm sure there's some truth to it that she's pulled from somewhere. But man, it was just so believable. But anyways, yeah. So if you haven't watched that yet, that's definitely a good film to watch for Black History Month. And I do have to say, rest in peace to Miss Cicely Tyson. She passed away. Um, January 28th, 2021, she was 20 or 96 years old. Um, so that was definitely sudden. Um, but she, she was a beautiful woman and she lived a beautiful life. And I've been really enjoying just seeing every, all the people's posts about their memories of her and their moments with her time spent with her, um, and all the pictures that are being shown just of her um, at a younger age. I mean, it's just beautiful to um, that she would be able to, to just live so long and see just so many different different times, like all the different times that she lived through and was able to experience. And just the work that she did, um, she was in... Uh, a lot of movies and I seen something that says she didn't start acting until she was 30. So that's very inspiring. Um, being that I'm 30 and, um, I'm just, I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of things start when you turn 30. It's, uh, I feel like it's underrated. It's not people think, um, Oh, you gotta be in your early twenties or a kid to, to really get in the game. But it's like, it can happen whenever, but let's read this little paragraph, mini biography on Miss Tyson. Um, it says, Cicely Tyson was born in Harlem, New York City, where she was raised by her devout, devoutly religious parents from the Caribbean islands of Nevis. Her mother, Theodosia, was a domestic and her father, William Tyson, was a carpenter and painter. She was discovered by a fashion editor at Ebony, Ebony Magazine, and with her stunning looks, she quickly rose to the top of the modeling industry. Okay, see, I'm learning something. I didn't know she she did modeling. Um, in 1957, she began acting in off-Broadway productions. She had small roles in feature films before she was cast as Portia in 
The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, 1968. Four years later, Cicely was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress for her sensational performance in the critically acclaimed film Sounder, 1972. In 1974, she went on to portray a 110-year-old former slave in the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, 1974, which earned her two Emmy Awards. She also appeared... In the television miniseries Roots, 1977, King, 1978, and A Woman Called Moses, 1978. While Cicely has not appeared steadily on screen because of her loyalty to only portray strong, positive images of black women, she is without a doubt one of the most talented, beautiful actresses to have ever graced the stage and screen. Okay, I like that I am MDB. They did her justice with that. I love that. I learned some things and it was just perfectly written. Okay. I like that. So, yeah, rest in peace to Miss Tyson. Um, her legacy will forever live on. Um, she's definitely one of those people who um, she was just, just always, always celebrated. You could just tell that she was just one of those people that one once you got a chance to meet them, um, you probably never forgot that, forget about that moment. So I'm sure whoever was able to be in her presence just felt, you know, spe- felt special, you know, felt special to be able to do it. Just just by looking at her, um, it just seems like that. So rest in peace to her and condolences to her family. I'm just looking at uh, looking at some of the the stills from some of her her roles. She's a very beautiful woman. All right, okay. So I thought that was a must. Definitely had to talk about her, especially you know it's it's Black History Month. She's part of our history, um, and it just definitely should be celebrated. Um, during her life and, and, you know, in her death, what's it called? post homelessly Cause she's going to be, you know, in the history books, one of those talked about forever and ever. Um, and I think that's, it's just so special about all these, these powerful black people that we're going to talk about forever and ever and we got to continue to um make sure that their their legacy lives on forever and ever so that's why black history month is very important and necessary because as time goes on you know we got to make sure barack obama's his legacy is never forgotten as the first black president, I mean, it, that's kind of hard to forget just in that title alone. But I don't care what nobody say. I'm going to always, always, always celebrate Obama. You know, people like to bring things up that I honestly don't have nothing to know, don't know nothing about. I don't know nothing about nothing. I just know he was the first black president. And. And I love him and his family. That's what I know. Um, but yeah, let's let's 
continue this on throughout this month, just celebrating black history um, and just celebrating us. So since I want to continue talking about healthier eating and educating ourselves, I've came across this Medium article titled Why Black People Avoid Going Vegan, um, written by Abina D. Um, it is a four-minute read, so if you're not interested, you can um, skip on past this. All right, so why black people avoid going vegan? When you think of the word vegan, what comes to your mind? A wild guess would probably be a mental picture of an upper-middle-class white hipster sipping a soy latte or maybe a wealthy, tan, super-skinny, yoga-obsessed white woman. For many years, veganism has predominantly been described as a, dis- as a lifestyle for the privileged white folks. To prove this, let's do a little Google search for vegan, vegan person, vegetarian. The results will show you why mainstream veganism is mostly white. You're likely to see a handful of people of color. When thrillists and entertainment, food, and tourism website experimented with searching for vegan person, out of 480 images, the search didn't bring up a face of color until the third page. Social media give the same results on social media. And even white chefs operate many high-end vegan restaurants. By now, you should see a pattern of excluding and even directly overlooking vegans of color from the leading discussions. And this has been the case with history as well. Historical misinterpretation. As we know it today, veganism wasn't a concept until Donald Watson, the father of mainstream veganism, coined the term and founded the Vegan Society in 1944. He used veganism to differentiate those who didn't eat animal products and vegetarians who did. But many communities of color and religion practiced a plant-based diet for centuries. For instance, Hinduism and Buddhism promote nonviolence, thereby avoiding animals and animal-derived foods. Rastafarianism, a lifestyle developed in Jamaica during the 1930s, advocated for ital eating plant-based natural foods the diet originated from hindu customs established by indian apprentices the reality is that a cruelty-free diet has been a part of black communities for longer and is not an invention by the whites this distortion about veganism's true origin is one reason why vegans of color colors don't feel adequately represented meat is a cultural staple A 2012 breakdown of meat consumption by race revealed that African Americans were the largest consumers in America. Centuries of enslavement led to making do with everything from typical meat cuts to scraps like pig's feet and intestines. To date, black families cook and eat these foods. They also pass down these recipes to the younger generations as part of their cultural heritage. The means of survival became normal. That's why for many African-Americans, Afro-Caribbean, and other communities of color, veganism just isn't appealing. The fight for other sociocultural issues. With the never-ending cycle of systemic racism, police brutality, and unfair profiling, 
you can easily understand why we link veganism to the privilege. Now, privilege goes beyond have have financial security. Privilege is also existing in a safe and positive environment where you can fight for animals' welfare before yours or your communities. Think about it. Do you expect someone who has to deal with racial profiling or systemic imprisonment of black males to advocate for circus animals protection? Racial discrimination is a terrible reality to exist in. Many black people lack the care they need for themselves, much less for animals. This disconnect is discouraging. But one way of encouraging the fight for animal rights in the black community is to present it in the light of the potential health benefits of the plant-based lifestyle. Every black person has relatives who survived some cancer, a diabetic uncle, or a hypertensive grandparent. Hence, leading with veganism as a ready what y'all what the fuck. <laughs> Hence, leading with veganism as a ready may bring a warmer reception. Little knowledge about veganism or black vegans. When did you first think about going vegan? How many people in your life or social circle practiced a plant-based diet successfully? The reality is that a large part of the black community doesn't know or understand what veganism is really about. While some public figures and influencers follow the plant-based lifestyle or are vegan curious, the little representation isn't solid enough to make a permanent change. The Williams sisters, Serena and Venus, Beyonce, and NBA star Kyrie Irving are black vegans shining a new light on the movement. Poor access to vegan options. Have you ever heard of racial food deserts? If you have, then you you know that many communities of color lack access to affordable fresh produce. Instead, what you find are corner or convenience stores stocked with cheap, highly processed canned foods and meats in numerous fast food chains. These communities have become heavily reliant on these types of diets for nutrition. It's almost impossible to expect these low-income families to afford fruits and vegetables, and that's even when they can find them in their areas. The obvious alternative is to feed their families with animal products. Perhaps if these communities have more access to plant-based options for staples in local grocery stores and food marts, they might sustain veganism. The way forward, we need the contributions of the countless organization geared towards promoting plant-based diets in black communities, not just to provide access to nutritious vegan options in shops and restaurants, but also to create awareness of racial diversity in veganism. When more voices speak up about how veganism is a part of our culture and affects black health, then more black people will find the appeal of going vegan. Speak the language of the people and get them on your side. All right. Okay, so she's a full-time vegetarian and part-time vegan. Her favorite vegan food delivery and pickup service are Soul Vegan UK and South London. Okay. Okay. Abina D. Well, thank you, Abina D. That was very informative and um yeah. That's this is so the reason why I really feel like this I was a good read is because this 
definitely I could relate to this because I'm somebody who is wanting to wean off of eating meat. Um, and it's hard because we've, we grow up on, like she said, these traditions, these recipes, um, eating certain ways for holidays, you know, and we just love to eat. We love to eat good. We love to eat a lot. So it's just hard to make the transition to the plant-based lifestyle, vegan lifestyle. Um, but this had a lot of good points in it, just the fact that we don't get educated on the vegan lifestyle and it just seems so foreign and just seems so not for us. Um, so the more that we are educated on it and the more that we have it available to us, then the, the easier it will be to make that transition. So, um, I think it's important. We got to educate ourselves. Um, and because at the end of the day, there is a reason why we, we are the ones that are continuing to die from diabetes, hypertension, um, these cancers. Um, it comes down to the way we eat. And, it's, and it sucks that that's what it is, but that's the truth. It's the truth. What we, what we are eating, what we put into our bodies, is that, that affects us long term, whether we like to hear it or not, whether we like to believe it or not. Um, but it's the truth. It's a tough pill to swallow, y'all. I know. I get it. I understand. But it's the truth. Um, so it's important to educate ourselves on this. Because at least, you know, you could say that you knew. Because instead of us not knowing, not knowing what our options are and not understanding what really is the cause behind um us dying so young and so early now we we kind of have some clarity to that so I'm just trying to bring that to everyone's attention um I'm not I ain't trying to control how anybody decides to live their life I understand trust me because I like I said it's still a process for me I'm not I have not in no way committed to it as of yet I have not committed to plant-based or not eating meat um, but it's definitely something that I will love to work towards. And I'm trying, um, as far as I feel like I could let red meat go, like I could let go burgers, the steaks, um, definitely the pork. I don't eat pork chops. I try not to eat pork at all. Um, so I try to find beef options instead um I eat I don't eat I only eat turkey bacon um and I I I'd rather have chicken so I eat a lot of chicken most of most of the time so chicken tacos chicken salad fried chicken baked chicken grilled chicken um chicken alfredo um whatever you can make with chicken I am down for and I am with it okay so um, until I can just, I guess, eventually not eat it at all. But man, like, so I went to, um, 
I went to Whole Foods. First of all, Whole Foods is expensive as fuck for no reason. Like, no reason at all. Um, So I just got, I just got, I was very picky about what I got. Because I, I'm like, I'm not finna pay two, th- two, $3 more for something when I can go get it at Walmart. Same thing. So I just chose a few different things that um I wanted to try so I tried to get these waffles that were like organic vegan waffles disgusting disgusting like mm-mm. nope I will just not eat waffles then they was they was just so disgusting but I wanted to try them I gave them a try and I will not be trying them again but um I got a lot of like vegetables stir fry mixes um, that I will like to go back and get because they have a lot of the selection and it's very it's quick to like cook with when you have you don't got to do all the cutting up you could just take it out the freezer and add it to whatever you're trying to cook um so I liked um I like purchasing those from there and what else did I get that I didn't I don't get from anywhere else that's special to them um oh they have some Chinese food there they had this this white rice and this like orange chicken it was bomb and I've been thinking about it ever since um what else I think that's it I really didn't get much I think I got some some of the chicken wings um because they had some some packages that wasn't too too expensive but yeah everything else it was just too much the waffles was disgusting so I don't know at this point it's nothing really like too like special about Whole Foods where I'm like oh I gotta go there but I'll go again just because there was some some things there that I did like um that I want to pick up again so yeah Whole Foods (laughs) nothing really special about it but if that's your shit then that's your shit um and then it's like it's it's kind of far not really far it's just not like one of the round the corner type stores out here um and there's not like a lot of them so I had to drive like how far was it probably like 20 minutes I think 15 20 minutes it wasn't too far but I just I'd be such in a rush sometimes I just need to go to the store that's the closest because I don't be feeling like driving unnecessarily out the way just to go to the store like but I'll probably just go on what like on a weekend when I got time So that's the end of this episode. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Um, Again, so we go all month. We're going to be celebrating Black History Month. And since Valentine's Day is going to be coming up soon, um, next week I'm going to make it a Valentine's themed uh, episode. So we're going to go through some different topics. Um, Some of my favorite wedding themed movies. Some of my favorite romantic movies. And I guess just ways to celebrate Valentine's Day, even for the people who don't have a Valentine like myself. It's all right. It's going to be okay. Love is still in the air. 
if you want it to be. All right. So I hope y'all enjoy the rest of y'all week and have a great weekend. And same time next week. Love, peace, snare, crease.